Blog Talk Radio. With our arms open 
hallelujah, hallelujah, spirit of the living God, Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us today, O God. Lord, make us new, make us brand new in you this day. Make us over. Let us go back and look at our first works. Lord, let us catch on fire for you today. Talk of your wondrous work. Hallelujah. Make known your deeds among the people. I tell you, God is a good God, and he will give you, hallelujah, what you need spiritually to endure your trials, to endure tribulations, or to go to the next level, to go uh, to the next height in him. He will give it to you because he knows the very intent of our heart. If we want to grow in him, if we want to become stronger in him, he will send the trials and strengthen us as we go through the trials to get to whatever it is that we need. I need more of him this morning. I need more patience. I need more love. Yeah, I need more kindness. I need more Jesus Christ is what I just need. I need more to do what he would do if he was here. Whatever he would do if he was here, that's what I need more of. I need more to see after the sick, see after the homeless, see after the hungry, see after those that are lost, you know, those that don't even know him, don't consider him. Yeah, it's about their life. Yeah, I need more of him to reach these people. And this week, I've been playing these prayers and these words of encouragement because someone along the way is going to fall on some good ground and it's going to cause some growth. It's going to cause somebody to come and say, what should I do to be saved? It's going to cause some believer to say, I haven't been doing this like I should have been. Now I'm reminded I need to start doing this. A while back, not too long ago, Brother Louis gave us Luke 21 and 36. And I want to read that. Because we need to be reminded of these things. We need to pray the prayer of faith from a sincere heart. Because in this hour, I'm telling you, we need God like never before. We thought we needed him before, or we really need him today. Because this old world, it appears to have flipped upside down. Right is wrong and wrong is right to the world. And that's when we know he who have mental health issues is running things. That means a crazy person <laughs> is in charge. And whoever is next in line in high places is listening to crazy. Back in the day, we used to say cray-cray. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that was a slang to keep people from knowing we were calling them crazy. So if ever there was a time to pray and get it right with God, now is that time. I'm talking about find out what you need to be in right standing daily with God. Find out how do I get more faith? Because he counted Abraham's faith as righteousness. I'm telling you today, we got to seek God with our whole heart. Forget about yourself. Begin to seek God. Because when you make him first, that thing that you desire is coming. Make God first and see what happens. I made him first and everything I need, I kind of want it. 
It wasn't all I wanted, but the majority of what I wanted came. And at the time, to be honest, I didn't know what I wanted until he gave it to me because he knew. <laughs> he knew what was in my heart. He knew what my mind wanted to say, but I couldn't because I didn't know. But seeking first and watch what happened to you. Yeah, I, I, I turned the TV off and I began to play these prayers and these words of encouragement through the house. I got so much done in the house. Because I've been in them streets and I've been up and down the road traveling. And I have a helper that come over when I call or want her to really come. Because some days she can't come, I'm not here. But what happened is I saw things that was my responsibility I hadn't got to. Yeah, I went in and, and sprayed my shower down, let it set a while and I was able to go in and scrub it. I'm talking about till I <laughs> Yeah, look brand new. Put God first and watch what he does in your life. Things you need to get done, you'll get them done. Put God first in your life and on that job, watch he give you a raise. Unexpected. I'm talking about uncommon, unexpected blessings. Put God first in your life and watch how your marriage come together. Oh, you've been married for years. Things happen in the marriage, all kind of stuff went on. But that's what makes people stay together 50 years because of so much that went on and, and, and nobody can replace them because you've been through with them. They ain't going nowhere. But put God first and watch what he does. You sick? Put God first and watch the healing just come. We've been praying for healing. and Put him first and watch your healing come. See, some things folks can do for you, but there are things you got to do for yourself. You got to believe for you. I, I can believe for you, but you really got to have the faith to move God for yourself. And it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. Oh, I feel all right today, I'm telling you. With Jesus on our side, things will work out right. I'm here to tell you this morning, we're going to make it or believe today. Believe today. Not me, but believe God. Now, if he loved us so much, he sent his only begotten son to suffer in the way he suffered. He bled, he hung, he died. He conquered all and rose with all power. You want to tell me God won't give me a job, that job that you really enjoy doing? You want to tell me God won't give you the kind of business of the things you like to do? That 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 no matter if they wake you up 2 o'clock in the morning, you're ready to do it because this is what you enjoy. You want to tell me God won't give you no money and you're a giver? He said if you give, he would even call men to give into your bosom, press down, shaking together and running over. I had to learn how to really give. I was looking back. And even when I was in my sins, I was a giver. Can you believe that? I looked at some things I had overlooked. I was about that money now. Don't 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 misunderstand me. And I wasn't giving really no money, money away. But I'd give you the shirt, as they say, off my back. I'd give you my last crumb, a, a, a pound cake. 
You know that was serious. <laughs> but he loved the cheerful giver. And people, they support was not true. I don't know why they like to support people who don't even know they exist, really don't care about you, say things that you like to hear, but to come to your house or to take up with your children and do something for them, they're not going to do. And people love these kind of people. I'm not that way. I'm hands on. If I love you, I want to come see about you. If I love you, I want to take up time with you. If I love you, I want to pray for you. If I love you, I want to tell you the truth. It might hurt your feelings, but I got to tell you the truth. But God love us all. <laughs> and if we're increasing faith, increasing trust in him, put him first. I'm telling you this morning, put him first before anything and anybody else. Watch what happens in your life because God is bigger than anything you could face. God is bigger than anything you could ever imagine. Do you know how big the world is? God is bigger than the world. For the earth is his, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. You can get caught up into uh, uh, what you believe, and, and that's as far as it goes if you want to. That's on you. God is much bigger than anything you think. And this is the end of, no, he's, he's much bigger. You can't put him in a box and put him in the corner and tell him to come out when you get ready. I know folks think they do that. But that's not the way this goes. There's not a box big enough to put him in. You're not big enough to put him in the box. So this morning, hallelujah, we want to put God first in all we do. I want to praise and worship this morning. And I want you to praise and worship with me. Because as we praising and worshiping him, it's going up to him. Therefore, the blessings of him is coming down. How many know anything we need, anything we can think of, things we don't know we need, things that we don't even know we want? How about God can send it down to us? He'll call someone to come up and give it to you. He'll cause you to get an unexpected phone call. Went to the mailbox, unexpected check. Huh? Money. Money answers all things. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. I feel all right this morning. I feel like sharing with you because God is on your side. I know they told you uh, you weren't going to be able to do this. And I know you've been sick and, and this and that been going on. But look, today is your day. If you have kept the faith, Today is your day. God is getting ready to bless you. Yeah. Is there anything, I believe Abraham was the one brought it to the light. Is there anything too hard for God? With man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Yeah, I want to encourage you in Jesus Christ today. I want to encourage you in Jehovah God. The God that have all power, there's no higher power. He see your situation. He already know. He just needs you to keep the faith. He just needs you to continue to trust him. It's coming. Yeah. I see over here somebody is getting a brand new car. I see a brand new car. I don't know why. Don't, don't ask me. I see somebody increasing in ministry. 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they are ministry. And there's a partner that's coming along to work with them in ministry. I can see this now. I'm telling you this morning, put God first. I see someone, the healing is dropping on you right now. The healing is dropping on you right now. I see weight loss. Somebody was afraid the weight loss was from something else. But no, the weight loss is from the blessings of the Lord because that's what you want. Because there are some things you want to do, even traveling. Yeah, it's happening. Keep the faith. And the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. You got to believe this morning and leave it alone. Believe and go on. God's going to do it for you. You can't do it for yourself. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. Let's pray right quick, and uh, then we're going to take a listen uh, to some encouraging things. And I have a testimony for you today. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you this day for waking us up. We thank you for being clothed in our right mind. Father, we thank you for the use and activity of our limbs. We thank you for life, health, and strength. We're casting our cares upon you this morning, but Father, you care it for us. Oh, we come bow down humbly before you this day. And Father, we ask for forgiveness of all our sins and wrongdoings in the name of Jesus. And Father, you didn't say we had to beg. You said to ask. And we're asking for forgiveness this morning. And we thank you right now for forgiving us. Thank you for casting all our sins and wrongdoings in the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember them again. We thank you for the clean slate this morning. And Father, we pray for every believer everywhere. That God, you would stir them up that you would set them on fire, that you would remind them, God, oh, that they work for you and that they belong to you. Remind them that faith opens the door. Faith is the key to you, to believe that you are a rewarder and a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Move this morning upon your people here. Lord, move in their hearts and minds today like never before to believe you, not me, but believe what your word says. Lord, set them on fire. Let them talk of your wondrous works and make known your deeds among the people. Stir them up this morning that you will become the God of their, nothing else but you will be the God of their lives. This morning I pray for marriages everywhere because you honor marriage. You put it together. And God, you will reunite these men and women together like never before, and they will come forth in you to do your will. And the both of them run this race until you call their name or beckon for them. Stir it up, God. You gave each of them a position many don't even know. But Lord, I ask that you would make it clear to marriages today. It's not so the man have a servant and a woman have a bill paying. But God, Marriage is ministry. It's a work unto you. Fix it today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, that which shouldn't be separated, cut it out, cut it off. Block it, stop it, plug it up in the name of Jesus. That your will would be done in each of our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we come this morning asking that. You would move for your people financially today. There are some things, Lord, that they desire to do. 
And the word said money answers all things. Your word says it. And God, they need money. Do it for them. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you right now. Hallelujah. Father, I ask that you would send uncommon miracles and uncommon blessings upon your people here today like never before. Those that's coming through the archives and the podcast, do it for them. Bless our family and friends near and far. Move for them, those that are not saved, those who have not received you fully. God, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to fill them, to baptize them, and give them a heart and a mind to listen. Lord, do it in your son Jesus' name. We thank you this morning. We give you glory, honor, and praise, touching the of the sick today, those that are incarcerated, those that are in every branch of the military, widows and bereaved families, intercessory prayer people, preachers, oh God. Hallelujah. Israel and Jerusalem, our brothers and sisters everywhere overseas, especially those, Father, who can't even speak your name, can't read your word, can't talk of your word out loud. Lord, lose your protecting angels to stand watch and shield and protect them. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. And, Father, increase them in you the more in the name of Jesus. Increase their faith. Increase their trust in you the more in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we ask that you would continue to bless America and the leadership. Have mercy upon us all, O oh God. Lord, especially the leadership. God, I ask that. You would bind up any and everything that they're listening to that's not of you. I bind it up and cast it to the pits of hell. And, Father, I ask that you would rebuke it for our sake. Bring our leadership in the place where you would have them. But not our will, but your will be done. We ask this this morning in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And, Lord, we know that the devil want to reign. But, God, you have all power. And there's nothing too hard for you to do. We ask, oh God, that you would remove him out of his seat and replace him with the man of God. Lucia protecting angels around the man of God is going to do your will in the name of Jesus. For the sake of your people, we ask it all this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. And, Father, we give you the praise. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Mm. Mm Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. We're moving a little further, and uh, we're going on down to uh, this first uh, uh, vault, I'm going to call it, of encouragement. Yeah. I thank God for Jesus, and I thank God. You know, when you seek God, he opened doors, he made ways, and then by seeking him, he brought all of this to pass for me. And I needed to hear these encouraging words, and I needed to hear these prayers. Yeah. And so it, it, it blessed me, and I said I wanted to bless the people. So I brought it for you as well. Let's take a listen. Well, I tell you what, let me go to that song of the morning, and right after this song, we coming right back to it. Yeah, right back to it. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Can you hear me, Brother Louis? Something is going on. I can't get the music to do what I needed to do. I was going to cut that one off a little bit earlier, but it continued to play. So, so, so Dot, somebody tell me if you can hear me because I need to know uh, what's going on here. All right, we're going back and see if I can get it to play. Hmm. It's turning around, but it's not. Okay, let's see. All right, I see two spinning wheels, but it's not coming in. So let's try to let's try to refresh. Oh, wait a minute! I don't give me no runtime, Al. Oh, what happened? There's a problem with the resource you're looking for, and it cannot be. Oh, wait a minute! Come on, y'all! Man. Stop and I say. Oh, what is going on, Blog Talk? Something is wrong. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Control off the lead. All right, let's see the process. Let's expand it. I can imagine what did all of this. I can't imagine. Oh, uh uh-uh. All right, let's try it again. An exception occurred while processing your request additional. Let another exception occur while executing a custom. Wait a minute here. I can't imagine what happened. It gave me a 500 error message. Write blog talk and let them know my time ever. Okay, 500. I don't know what any of that means, but I do know this. Now, why this can do this? Uh-oh. Internal I mean, internal server app, blog talk, I tell you. All right, can I go back and send them a message?
Okay. <laughs> this is ridiculous. We are back. We are back. And let's see if it will play it now. Lord, have mercy in God. We thank you for bringing us back. Okay, it, it, it looks like it want to play. Did I mess it up? Oh, I can't hear nothing. Okay, y'all bear with me. Okay, y'all bear with me. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Bear with me, bear with me. Ah.
gold <laughs> and their hearts this morning. It was in, it's still in there, but it just won't play and it started some weird stuff to going on here. But I want to know, Brother Louis and Sister Dot, can y'all hear this? And if you can hear this, then we'll have to hear it from YouTube. But let's see if you can hear it. Anybody eat? Okay. All right. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to see. Uh, I just have to do it tomorrow. But I so wanted y'all to hear that God is bigger than any battle that you'll ever go through. Such a beautiful, beautiful, encouraging message. And this morning, that enemy want to fight. But you know what? It's okay. It is okay. God is yet on our side in spite of, I mean, the thing won't play at all. The arrow is not even there. So what we're going to do, um, let's go to that testimony of the morning. Is it 8 o'clock? I want to try to get that 8 o'clock. But today, the title of the message I had is this, 
And these things write we unto you. That was the title. The men and women of God brings the message of God to his people for change. When you hear the preacher up preaching, that's to bring about a change in you. And if the word don't convict you, something is wrong. Because when we hear the word, that's the spirit of God moving the man or woman to tell the truth. And it convicts us. That means we know that we're not in the right standing and we got to get in right standings with God. It, it, it brings about a change. The lives of the people must change daily. And they will change when the people apply God's word to their daily lives. What we hear the men and women of God preaching and teaching, we need to apply that. Every day we need to remember. We got to stop waiting on the men and women of God. Build a personal prayer and Bible study life for ourselves. Because if we get separated, what's going to happen? It, it, it Like they did in 20, they closed the church down. Who, who preaches teaching that at home? God going to preach and teach to me. He going to bless me because I have a prayer life and a Bible study life before anything shut down. I was going to church, but I still have my own personal because I have a personal relationship with him. Yeah. See, I, I pray for myself and ask God for his wisdom and understanding. He said, in all I'm getting, get understanding. Get wisdom. It comes from him. And if we ask him, he's going to give us these things because he's a spiritual God and these are spiritual things. Time out for being lazy and dependent on people to give you what you need from God. We can go to God for ourselves. He supplied needs, and we need a spiritual walk with him. We need to seek him for spiritual things. Lord, I want to grow more in you. I want to be more like you. I'm praying for humbleness, too. I want to be more humble. Yeah, I want to be more faithful unto him and to his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is all right. In Jesus' name. All right, we're getting there. We're getting there. We have a few minutes. I'm going to this next song. And uh, when we come back, we're coming back with uh, a, a powerful testimony this morning. Very powerful. And it hurt my feelings in a lot of ways what she went through. But see, when you see God, he knows your heart. You may have been with him and you left him. I didn't go through what she went through, but guess what? I come up in the church at nine years old. I believed and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believed. But going on up, I'm seeing what the world got going on. And my parents, they said a certain way, and it's not according to the world. So I want to go see what the world talking about. And I went out there to see what the world was talking about. But as I got older, every now and then, you know, I talked to the Lord about something, but it wasn't nothing. I wasn't ready to really give up all the wrong I was doing. He come in as I became an adult, you see. Because when I was yet a sinner, he yet died for me. So as I got older, I couldn't depart. I had to come back to him fully. I didn't have nowhere else to go but to the Lord. I think it's the most beautiful thing he ever done for me. 
He was there waiting for me all them years. Hey, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. He was there waiting for me. After I got through with all the craziness, all the evilness, all the wrongdoing, all the sinning, once I got through, he was right there at the door waiting on me. <laughs> I can hear the scripture, come unto me all that are burdened and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I, I could hear that this morning. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faithful, faithful. When you hear me say God is faithful, I mean just that. He is faithful, 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 faithful. Never leave, never forsake, never... Uh, Turn your way, never turn you down. He's just faithful. I remember I had done something. That's how I remember a Dara Pettis. I had did something. Oh, and I felt so bad. I repented and everything, but I, you know, I had to work on forgiving myself because he forgave me. He sent Dara Pettis with the song. They didn't, he wouldn't leave me, nor forsake me. He won't, he won't do it. He ain't going to do it. Darrell Pettis says, sound country, but it worked. And I can, uh, I can testify to what he said as the truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, we're going to this one, and I need y'all to let me know if you can hear. So from 25 to 36, I literally had a life of just partying and alcohol. And I'm drinking because I'm still trying to shut these thoughts of what happened to me as a kid, as a teenager. Again, I'm finding myself, okay, where, who do I identify as? Who am I? When I went into the church, I don't know if you guys ever heard this song called Come to the Altar. There's a lyric that says, are you overwhelmed? By your sin and God literally the Lord showed me everything that I did against him not in a way to condemn me but in a way like in love and I'm sitting here like I don't know God I don't know about this because I have so much shame the next thing he said to me he said I see a wall stacked up way out high like a brick wall there's a door there's a key with my friend Jesus and I with his help we're gonna open the door sit on the couch assess the whole situation and one by one that brick wall is going to come down so i actually grew up in a small town in guatemala it's called tikisate and i grew up uh with my grandmother with uh, five other siblings i'm actually a twin and we grew up from what i remember was catholic so it wasn't really a like a religious home. We just went to church. We just went to mass, and that was about it. I didn't really have a relationship with God. Uh, I was just going to church. But at uh, five years old, actually, so this is where my st story starts, it's when I finally met my parents. I grew up with my grandmother, and at five years old, I met my dad. He came over to Guatemala just to come get us because we were moving to Virginia. And um, when I first met him, my grandma already built stories about him telling me that, he, you know, he was going to bring gifts. So what children, what kids don't like gifts, right? So he came bearing gifts like Santa Claus, and we were all excited. And uh, that day, I remember during the day, it was just a joyful 
time getting to know my dad because I've never met him. And uh, unfortunately, that night, it took a turn. Uh, it was an unexpected turn. We went to sleep like regular, and I woke up with my dad being at the edge of my bed, uh, touching me inappropriately. I didn't know what to expect. I was, my body froze. I was, my small body, my small frame just froze. I didn't know what to expect, and I just said, okay. Uh, I was really confused. So the next day, I found myself putting a lot of clothes over my body because I just was confused on what just happened the night before. And I lived in a place where it was 90 degrees. It was like 90 to 100 degrees, and I felt, why am I putting so many clothes over my mind, um, over my over my body? So immediately I went from thinking like a child to thinking like an adult. So that whole day I just, you know, it was hot and I just walked around in a lot of clothes because I didn't want my dad to see me how he saw him, how what he did the night prior. So eventually uh, we moved to Virginia. We moved to Alexandria, Virginia, and um, I went from going to a Catholic church to a Pentecostal church. So we grew up uh, Pentecostal, Pentecostal, I'm so sorry, Pentecostal from five to 12 years old. When we got there, my dad actually was really big on sharing his testimony on how he came to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so was my mom. So I saw my mom in the worship team and my dad preaching at the altar when I was a kid. But every night my dad would come into the room and he would, you know, molest me every it wasn't like once or twice a week it was literally like every night so i'm going to church and i'm thinking okay we're talking about jesus and we're talking about the love of christ but yet i feel like there's hell in my house you know so i started to feel as if how do i worship a god or how do i get to know jesus if this is happening in our house so there came a point where when we moved to our home in Virginia that we had to share a bed with, I have four other sis, three other sisters, and we had to share a bed, and the bed was against the wall. And I remember thinking, okay, my sisters and I were all fighting over the, the outside of the bed. Why are we fighting to be on the outside of the bed? So the outside of the bed meant, okay, that's the person that's going to get touched that night. You know, so I finally just said, you know what, I don't want to fight with my sisters anymore. And it almost felt like at six years old, I have to sacrifice myself because I don't want to fight anymore. And I just, I'll take whatever my dad's going to do to us that night. So for from about six years old to nine years old, that was ongoing until we got bunk beds. But, you know, at the age of eight, I remember I was trying to tell my mom what happened and, uh, you know, my grandmother actually caught my dad doing that to my older sibling. And, you know, my mom just couldn't believe what was going on. I believe she knew what was going on, but she just couldn't believe it. So I thought we were going to be free that weekend because my dad left because my grandmother called the police and uh, essentially wanted him to be out the house because here's my grandmother who raised all six children and finding out what my dad was doing. So I thought we were going to be free that weekend, but eventually, you know, my mom forgave my dad. And when he came back um, into the house, you know, the molestation turned into like groping, harder, you know, abuse sexually, and then also now physically. And my dad had this thing where he would line all my brothers and sisters up together and just, if any of us just did anything wrong, he would literally just one by one just kind of like hit us. Wow. You know, 
So I remember growing up in a home where it was just a lot of sexual abuse, a lot of physical abuse. And by the time we were 12 years old, by the time I was 12 years old, uh, we stopped going to the church. My dad actually went from molesting me to now trying to penetrate me. And, uh, you know, it was really hard for me because I'm going to middle school, I'm starting school, and, you know, all my friends are talking about boys, and I'm just like, okay. It was, it was hard at that time for me to just kind of differentiate, like, what, who do I listen to, or, well, this is happening to me at my house. So by the time I was uh, 14 years old, my dad actually, you know, full-on raped me, and I actually got pregnant by him and he uh, forced me to get an abortion at 14 and literally when I tried to go tell my mom this happened to me um, she said well baby if you wouldn't dress provocatively and this is the 90s and I'm wearing like really big clothes because the 90s was like a really big clothes and she said if you wouldn't you know dress like that or maybe you wouldn't provoke him so I, um, the whole abortion was uh, a secret. When I told my dad that I got pregnant, he told me he probably got pregnant by a boy. And a lot of that was like, how would you say that? You know, that's something that you did, you know. So by the time I was 15, my parents were like, you know what? We don't want to um, deal with you guys, which is my twin sister and my older sister. So they actually left us, and my older sister and I became homeless. And yeah. it was just us three living in a in a hotel motel actually, so for the better part of like fifteen till about twenty five years old, it was me just getting heavy into drugs. Getting- now, Alicia, before we move on to that part, mm-hmm. I I, I want to bring it back a little bit to uh, the abortion. Yeah, fourteen years old. Yeah. This is done to you by somebody that's supposed to, you know, be protecting you. Yeah. Two traumatic incidents happening at once. Yeah. Um, can you just kind of take us through that very quickly? And the only reason I ask is because there's other people, obviously, that are going through that. But when it came to the abortion, mm-hmm. what were you thinking in that time? What What was that like for you, for people who don't even know what that, you know, it's like at 14 years old? Uh, you know, I had such, from the first time that happened to me at five years old till that time, I had so much anger built up in me that in that time I just suppressed it. I didn't really want to talk about it because it, it made it, it was made to be as if it was shameful. Like it was my fault that I did it. You know, I provoked him and I made it happen. So at the abortion, even on the table, that I was when this was happening, uh, the ladies around me were like, "This is your fault too." So everybody wow. was just pointing it at me and be like, "Well, maybe if you wouldn't have slept with that boy, this wouldn't have been happening." So this is every, what they told you, like the doctors were. Yeah, the this? nurses around me. Wow. You know, and they were t- even before the process that I was in the room, they were trying to convince me not to get it, but. Me, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to have a baby. I said, maybe this is the love that I can have that has never been shown to me because, like you said, the person that was supposed to protect me never protected me. Instead, he saw me in a different way. Right. So for me, at that time, at 14 years old, I suppressed all of that. It was more of me building up more anger and just suppressing everything because even from five, 
to at that time when I even try to say it many times to my mom or my grandma or my sisters, it was more like we don't talk about this. Right. You need to shut it down. So even when I got to that point, I just suppressed everything. Yeah. You know, and I became even more angry and even more depressed mm. because now I'm just like, okay, I guess I don't want to share this. And I guess I'm just going to, this is another thing that I have to go through, you know, because this is something that was put on me and I was forced into it just like I was forced when I was starting at five years old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And talk to us about the, the after, right? That anger. And you started to mention about some of the things that begin to happen after. So, after that happens, where did your life go from there? So after that, um, my parents left us when we were 15. Um, it was just my twin sister and my other sister. My older brothers and sisters, they left the house already. So it was just us. After that, they left. We lived in motels because here I am, 15, going on 16. My sister's about to be 18, and we're trying to figure out where to live. So when my parents left us, it was almost like a freedom for me mm. because I we were under our dad's, like, you know, it was like a prison for us, you know, and living in that house. So now I'm free. Now I'm free to do whatever I want to do. And the abortion just went behind my head. Like, it wasn't even, it didn't even happen, you know, just like suppressed everything. Like, I suppressed everything since I was a kid. And I started, I got introduced to drugs actually by some friends in high school and uh, I started hanging around with these two girls and they started introducing me to uh, ecstasy you know all types of form of ecstasy that had heroin acid um, cocaine in it was laced with everything and I needed a drug to just shut the demons that were in my mind because of that anger that I was starting to build up they essentially said to me, if you do this drug, it's going to take you to a trance, into a place where you're just going to be feeling really good and nothing, you're not going to think about anything. So when I went into that trance, I actually took the anger with me and I never let anybody touch me. You know, when you're like on ecstasy, people are like touching you. You're, I was just like, leave me alone. I was an angry person. I'm like, I just want to be in this corner by myself. I started drinking as well. So from like five, 15 literally to 25, I was trying to see where, who I was. Who am I? Am I this person that drinks? Am I this person that does drugs? Or am I this person also because I tried on many different religions. I tried a Mormon. I tried being a Muslim. I tried even when I was 25 years old, I was starting Santeria. I, I was trying to find who I was in the drugs and then who I was in the religions that people kept introducing me to. Yeah. So I knew that I grew up Pentecostal, and I knew that I had the fear of God, like not a reverence fear, but like a fear of I'm scared because people from the church would say, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. No, nothing to Pentecostal people, but everything was, you're going to go to hell. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't even watch a Disney movie. You're going to go to hell. Okay, as a kid, it's like, you're going to hell. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so I had that fear. So I would dabble in, like, certain drugs, but I wouldn't, like, snort cocaine or I wouldn't shoot anything up my arm. I would literally just put it in a pill. I was safe. I was good. So at 25 years old, after trying being a Mormon, being, um, you know, Catholic again, being a Muslim, I got introduced to a friend who told me that her mom was a witch. And she's like, hey, there's like this um, shop up the street. I think we should go check it out together. I heard this lady reads your shell. She tells you your future. And I'm sitting here like, oh, okay. And I remember going back as a kid in the Pentecostal church, they would literally play 
videos on like voodoo doctors and witches and how the believers will go in and like pretty much uh, take those demons out, deliver those people that were doing those practices. So I came across it and a lady, I went into the shop and the lady said, okay, I'm going to, she gave me the whole process. I'm going to read your shells. I'm going to tell you, and you tell me if you agree with anything that, you know, happened in your life. So she literally told me everything that happened in my life. And I'm sitting here like, confused because I know the church told me if you ever come across it, you know, call out to the name of Jesus and then he'll come and save you and you won't do it. But I'm sitting here curious, like, okay, um, let me see what she has to say. And she told me everything, even to the point where how I got molested and what happened to me with my family and stuff like that. So here I am and she's telling me all of this. And she says, I think the next step that we want to do is I want to like baptize you you know, into the Santeria, and this is what we have to do. So I said, okay, I agreed, because I've been searching for so long, and I I can never find it anywhere. Now that I'm a believer, the Lord would be like, I'm not there. He would literally tell me, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not in Mormonism. I'm not in Catholics. I'm not in Pentecostal. I'm not there. And then when I went to the Santeria, literally I found myself in this, like, tub where the lady cut a um, chicken's head off in front of me with a sword, and she had like a shrine of swords with a bunch of chicken heads there, and she said, this is what we're going to do with your baptism, and she starts, uh, you know, spitting the blood on me, and then she starts hitting me with this, um, some form of grass, and then uh, she's, then after that spitting, it was like a ritual, so then she was spitting um, smoke at me from a cigar, the whole time she's doing this to me, I'm praying because I remember the church said, anytime you're in a situation, call out to the name of Jesus. So I'm praying the entire time and I'm just asking God, I'm saying, God, forgive me. You know, like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, why am I here? Forgive me, please. So I left and I said, okay, that was an odd experience. And I went home and I fell asleep. And before I walked into the shop, there was some statues there. Apparently, like, if you put money to a statue, it could be, like, for wealth or it could be for love or it could be for anything. You put money on the statue, those statues are supposedly, they'll give you whatever you want. Right. So that night when I went to sleep, those statues actually came to me in my dream. It's almost like they were alive and mm. they came around me and they were sniffing me and they were asking me, who are you? Who sent you? And I'm sitting here like, I'm so scared because I don't know who they are. And obviously now I know they're demons. They're wanting to know who I am and why I'm praying in this place. So I woke up because I was like super scared. I'm like, oh, I don't want to mess with any of the demonic. You know, I grew up hearing about it. I don't want to mess with it. So that was when I was 25 years old. So after that, I just said, you know what? I'm not going to mess with anything, no religion. I'm just going to be free and do whatever I want to do. And at that time, the, the whole new age started to come about, and I got introduced to that. I got introduced to crystals as well. And this is a time where I moved to Miami. So in Miami, you know, 25 years old, not really knowing anybody, I moved by myself. Um, and it reminded me of my country. You know, it was a tropical area, so that's the reason why I moved there. So from 25 to 36, I literally had a life of just partying and alcohol. And I would drink occasional wine at first, but then the wine became two big bottles of wine every night to the now hard liquor, to the now I would just drink the liquor like it was water. 
And I'm drinking because I'm still trying to shut these thoughts of what happened to me as a kid, as a teenager, and how many people just have rejected me in my whole life and even every religion I try to get into or try to dabble in. It was just rejection. Again, I'm finding myself, okay, where, who do I identify as? Who am I? I'm now identifying myself in this, in the bottle, in the alcohol. And first it was wine and now it's hard liquor, like brown whiskey liquor, drinking it like it was water. March 2016, one of my girlfriends actually from Virginia that we went to middle school with, she came up and she was like, uh, I was the person that if you visited me in Miami, I was the party girl. Like, I would show you a good time. We will be out to like 9, 10, 11 o'clock, at, I mean, in the morning, literally. And oh. I was the person who showed you a good time. So she came and she saw my lifestyle and she said, oh, no, girl, you better get right with Jesus. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about you, Jesus. You know, I'm okay. I'm cool. I'm okay without, you know, without Jesus. I heard about him. She took me to a church, uh, her church. It was Calvary in Plantation, Florida. And uh, she said, just come with me to church. It was Easter Sunday. You know, everybody invites everybody Easter Sunday, right? (laughs) So I said, okay, I'll go check it out. Even that was a process. So when I went into the church, I don't know if you guys ever heard this song called Come to the Altar. And and there's a lyric that said, are you overwhelmed by your sin? And God, literally, the Lord showed me everything. It was like a, a slide. Everything that I did against him. Not in a way to condemn me, but in a way like in love. My friend would tell you I was shaking like a leaf. Like I couldn't even look up to the altar. I couldn't look up to the preacher. I'm literally like with my head down that entire time looking at the Bible because they gave you a Bible and a flyer about Easter Sunday and what was going to happen. And I'm sitting here like, I don't know, God, I don't know about this because I have so much shame. We're talking about drugs, alcohol. We're talking about abortions that I had even after that abortion that happened with my dad. You know, I got into a relationship with a guy for a long time, and we had abortions even in that relationship. You know, so everything just came forth, and I was overwhelmed, and I just started crying. And, of course, you know, my friend as a believer, she's like, she's going to come to Christ today. And I'm just, like, so overwhelmed by my shame. They did an altar call, and I didn't go up because I was so ashamed of what I did against God. So I got home that day, and I said, okay, God, all right, I'm going to do this, uh, uh, but take the bottle away from me. I'll do this. I'll just go to work, and I'll go home, but take the bottle away from me. Now, uh, Alicia, very quick, out of Uh, all things, why the bottle? Because that was my go-to thing. Hmm. Literally, any time I had a thought, I dropped the drugs because earlier in my 20s, I got into a car accident where everybody was, like, around me. We were doing drugs, and God saved me from that, so I dropped the drugs through that, but... The bottle is what I would go to. It's my go-to thing. Anytime I had a thought of what my dad did or what happened to me, uh, I, that's just well, that was my go-to, mm. literally. So I asked him. I said, just take this bottle away from me. So from March to December, I literally did not go out. I mean, I would go out every day till like we in the morning. How I kept the job, I have no idea. It was the, by the grace of God because I literally would go to work drunk. When there was happy hour, I would go to happy hour. I lived in South Beach where there was a bar all around me. 
you know, so it's temptation all around me, and I didn't care. I would just go 2 o'clock, happy hour, I'm right there, and then I'll just 30 minutes, I'll go back to work, put a breast mint in my mouth, some gum, and I know my coworkers smelled my alcohol, but by the grace of God, they didn't say anything, maybe because I was the store manager, but that God still protected me in that, but I asked him, just take the bottle away from me, and he did. Hmm. Uh, so from March to December, I remember I didn't go out. I just stayed home. I went to work. So on December 31st, uh, I got invited by one of my uh, really good friends, and I hung out with a lot of the gay community because I lived in South Beach. So I went out with some friends that just said, oh, we're just going to go to a restaurant. I know you're doing this new thing where you don't want to go out. We're just going to go to a restaurant. So we ended up going to a restaurant on South Beach, and uh, the crazy part was I was sitting outside, and this guy just comes up out of nowhere, just randomly. We're sitting outside, and he just randomly comes up to us, and he is so drunk. He's slurring. He can't even make out any sentences. He's just He's just sat right next to me. And I'm thinking, wow, was that me? Was that me when I would go out and party? Because I, I don't remember. any every. If you ask me, I don't remember things. There's times where I blacked out. And I, obviously I asked the Lord to show me, like, God, like, did anything happen to me while I was blacked out in those times where I don't remember? And I'm seeing him, and I'm just like, man, this guy's like, was that me? Of course he left, and then I got home really early, like 12.30 in the morning, and I'm just weeping, weeping, weeping. And I'm just like, God, was that how I look to other people? So that night, I'm, I put on Friends because that was my favorite show because I wanted joy in my life because everything was just darkness. So I put on Friends, and I'm just weeping. And the Lord was just like, turn that off, get on your knees, and ask me what you want. Literally, like in a thunderous but soft voice and I'm just like okay so I get on my knees and I'm like God because I didn't know Lord I said God if you can send me someone that's going to love me for me and love me for who I am because I knew my mind was just messed up from what happened to me I didn't trust anybody it was just fear and rejection I didn't really want it to be with anybody so but I asked him if you could send me someone who's going to love me for me and love me for who I am now I know at the time I didn't know I will commit my life to you because I opened my eyes literally was like and you know I grew up in the hood so I was like and God and if you up there <laughs> I said can you send me someone that's funny because these guys in Miami are dry. Like, they don't laugh. They have no joy. Like, it's all about themselves. And I'm tired of it, God, you know. So I'm just saying, you know. So I said that to him. And, you know, obviously I just went to sleep. And from January to May, May 3rd, I literally, um, you know, didn't party still. I was hanging out with my friend. We would have, like, Bible studies at her house. She would find any excuse for me to come to her house, like, go hang up a curtain or something. And I'm like, girl, you can't do this by yourself. You live, like, an hour away. Girl, I don't got gas money like that. You know, so <laughs> she just find any excuse for me to come to her house so we could have Bible study. May 3rd, 2017, I order an Uber, and my phone wasn't working. And I'm just thinking, like, why is my phone not working? And so I hit up my ex-boyfriend that I was living with at the time, the guy that I was with for a long time. And I'm like, dude, bro, can you get me a, a Uber? Because I'm not sure what's going on. My phone's not working. So he gets me an Uber and I'm waiting for my Uber and the Uber guy comes up 
And I open the door, and this guy, he's like, you know, says the person's um, name. And I'm like, no, sorry, my friend had to get an Uber for me. And then, But his first thing was, girl, you interrupted my video. And I'm like, excuse me, um, you're supposed to take me wherever I'm supposed to go. Do your job, please. Like, what are you doing? What do you mean I'm inter- interrupting your video? <laughs> you know, so the next literally 10 minutes of the ride to wherever I was going, it was just filled with joy and laughter. I was just overwhelmed that I've never felt so much joy from a person, you know. He told me before I got out of that ride, he said, God told me that you were going to be my wife. And I'm sitting here like, what? (laughs) I wanted to roll out the car like, hold on, wait a second, while I was moving. I said, bro, I know you didn't just say that to me. I just met you, you know. So he's like, no, God told me that you're going to be my wife. And I'm like, okay, cool. So he's like, we should follow each other on Instagram. And I said, okay, awesome, right? So (laughs) I went about my business. A week later, he literally reaches out to me. And he's like, hey, because I was going on a job interview, and he actually had a um, comedy show the next day that he invited me to, and I couldn't go. So he's like, how did your interview go? I said, oh, I didn't get the job or whatever. And how did your competition go? He's like, I didn't win, but whatever. So we started talking, and we met up with each other. And literally when we met up with each other, we were like two kids running around in South Beach. Like we've known each other our whole lives. Mm. We started talking, and you know when you like, get to know someone, you're like in a car for like hours and you're just talking and getting to know each other. And he said to me, I have a friend named Jesus. You want to, you want to get to know uh, who I am. You got to get to know him. And I'm sitting here like, okay, God, like you're really talking to me. You, you send my friend, tell me about Jesus. And now you're sending this guy to tell me about Jesus. The next thing, the next thing he said to me, he says, I see a wall stacked up way out high, like a brick wall. There's a door. Um, There's a key with my friend Jesus and I, with his help. We're going to open the door, sit on the couch, assess the whole situation, and one by one, that brick wall is going to come down. And I'm sitting here, girl from the DMV, talking about a wall, a key. What you talking about? You got the access to it? No, no, you don't. So he's just like, I'm being serious. So that was like his first thing that he told me besides about his friend uh, Jesus. And I'm sitting here like, okay. And when he told me that, I just began to just start to think about like, what wall is he talking about? And obviously it's the wall, what happened to me. And little right after that, literally two months later, I'm moving in with this person, okay? (laughs) I'm moving into, uh, we lived in South Beach and we moved to Orlando. I'm moving in with him. And uh, mind you, this is just us. He says that he just got baptized a week before he met me. He's like, skin's still wet. I I just came to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, here I am. And God's telling me, you're going to be my wife. And I'm just like, wow. So, after that, everything just moved really fast. So from May to literally August, we're moving in with each other. And now between this time of me meeting him, I literally did not know about this whole Jesus thing. I wasn't sure because I remember what happened to me in the Pentecostal church growing up with my dad. So I wasn't really sure. And this is how good God is and how much of a perfect father he is. We ended up going to the smallest of churches, like the littlest church in the middle of nowhere in Orlando, Florida, 
middle of nowhere. It was the, like, whitest church, <laughs> okay? I think we're, like, the only Hispanic minority people in that church. And this is how much of a gentleman he is because he took me there because he knew that if I was going to go to a church that was, like, hollering and just, you know, pretty much doing a Jericho dance all around the whole church, I would have been scared. I would have been like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. But he took me to just, like, a small, small church. And I went in there, and of course I was skeptical because, I mean, I went the last time I went to church is when I, my friend invited me on the Easter Sunday, and I didn't go after that. You know, I just did what I did. But I'm going in there, and everybody's like, hi, how are you? And I'm very skeptical because I'm not sure what I'm expecting. But, you know, um, God told this guy that I was going to be his wife. So, I, and you know, something told me, which now I know the Holy Spirit said, listen to this person listen to this guy so we went to this church literally six months from me meeting my husband i got baptized i'm literally in the room by myself it was my husband um back then he was my boyfriend but he traveled somewhere to new york i think and i was in a room listening to worship music i was watching the bible series and the bible just came alive to me although mind you from may to when i got baptized i gave my husband, like, just hell, because I had so many demons. I mean, I'm talking about anxiety, depression. I was suicidal. You know, I just literally, God took the, the drink from me, you know, and that's even a story in itself, too, because when I try to go drink afterwards, I just spat the drink out. Literally, he removed it from my mouth. I have no desires to even drink anymore. But I gave my husband, I put him through through hell, like, literally, because I was spousing out on him. It reminds me of the story of Hosea and Gomer where Hosea would just go and would just come and get her every time. That was me. Like every time I would go against what he would tell me about Jesus and go against what he would tell me about God, I would just, he'll come back and he would just hug me. He would just tell me like, it's going to be okay. God loves you. Jesus loves you. You know, so I'm in this room by myself watching the Bible series, listening to worship music, and uh, God says, I want you to get baptized. And I'm like, okay. And I'm ready. Like, it's almost like the scale is removed from my eye, and I'm like, I'm ready. I want to get baptized tomorrow. So I called, I called my husband, and I'm like, babe, I'm ready to get baptized. And he's like, wait, hold on. What do and you at mean? And at this time, just to clarify uh-huh. timeline here, were you guys married already or? No, we were not. Okay. We were literally just dating. Yeah. We moved in together. <laughs> And we were just dating, like, you know, we were new believers. We just, you know, we were figuring just out together. figuring that yeah. out together. And But every time we got into a fight, my husband will go to the Bible. And he will go to the Bible. He wasn't the person that was like, I'm going to go get a, go to a bar, or I'm going to go get a drink, or I'm going to go to a club, or I'm going to go anything to the world. No, he went to the Word. Right. And he came back with the Word to me. That day, uh, he came to me and said, I want you to get baptized. This is what the Lord was telling me. I said, okay. And I called my husband. I said, babe, I need to get baptized. So we went to our small little church. And my pastor at the time, he's so awesome. He looked like a hippie, literally. And he, he baptized me. And even before I got baptized, it was hell. Like, we were fighting all day long. Like, 12 hours long we fought. Because the enemy didn't want me to come to the Lord or come to the knowing of God, the true knowing of Jesus. And once I got baptized, literally the scales got removed from my eyes. And I said, okay, 
we need to get out of this church. No offense to the church we were in, but we were like, we need to get out of this church. We got to go. It's almost like this fire just came upon me. And even after that, so after I got baptized, my husband asked me to marry him on my birthday. And, you know, we got engaged. And um, literally six months from there, a year later after we met, we got married. Mm. And the Lord in my dream came to me and said, I need you guys to stop laying next to each other. This is a covenant that I've created for you, and I need you to be married. So he came to me again in a dream and with a thunderous voice and said, you need to be married. So I woke up. And within three weeks, he provided everything. He provided my dress. He provided the food. He provided the venue. He was like, you're going to come, and you guys are going to get married before me. You're going to create this covenant. And I'm just like, wow, Lord. So even itself, that's a testimony. So um, after that, my husband and I now were married. Now we're really understanding uh, the the covenant within God. But, of course, even me still, I'm still battling with some things. Because, you know, what happened to me, it was really hard. Yeah. And I it was hard for me to accept his love. So we came across a scripture in Ephesians where it talks about uh, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. You know, so much that he gave himself up for her. So my husband literally, it brings me back now, um, he would wash me. Every time I will fight with him, he will come back with the word and just wash me literally, and tell me, God loves you, Jesus loves you, I love you, he will hug me, we will fight a lot, it was still, even after I got baptized, even after we got married, it was still me not knowing how to receive that love from God, how do I receive this love now from this man that wants to love me, his testimony itself even is a crazy past, so I'm thinking, how do I get this guy that was a liar and a cheater in his past, how is he going to love me? Right. But every time God showed him how to love me, he went to his word and he came back with his word and told me, I love you. God tells me to wash you, to take out the spot, to take out the wrinkle. Like, what does that look like? You know, because wrinkles in the spot, they're not easy to get out. So he's just coming back every time and hugging me and loving me. I remember there was even a time where we're on the floor and I'm just crying and he's hugging behind me. And he's like, we're going to get through this. And I started to find to really see, okay, God really loves me. Jesus really loves me through how my husband was loving me. Every time I would like go into a place where the enemy wanted me to go back and think about what happened to me. Now I don't have the bottle anymore. Now I have to face this. I can't drink my problems away. I got to face this. So he was like a mirror to me, but a mirror in love. Like God just kept showing me, this is how I want to wash you, and this is how I want to love you through your husband. So he would just fight for me every time I will have some, like, thoughts of what happened to him. He would just fight for me, but he'll come back in love. He wouldn't come back and, like, God said you need to do this. No, he'll come back in love. Not, like, condemnation, but God wants me to love you. Right. Even... When we got married, we immediately we became homeless. I had uh, two miscarriages back to back. You know, I, we were excited, and I was excited to finally have a child to be like, wow, I'm pregnant. Even in that moment, I was like, I'm pregnant, you know, and I lost my baby. And even in that moment, I said, how did I lose my baby? And, you know, and I started to think to myself, is it because I had all those abortions in my in my younger years, you know? But God is so sovereign. He's so good. He's telling me, he's sending my husband to even love me more. And then even after the second one that I had, 
the second um, miscarriage, he's so sovereign that he took me to heaven and he allowed me to see my second baby boy <laughs> that I knew that I was going to be a, a boy. He allowed me to see him. It, it's just such a beautiful dream that I had because he was like a mixture of my husband and I, and he was in a place where he was, he's better than where we are. Yeah. He showed me that. He gave me that peace, and he healed me through that because most people would say, most women would be like, why me, God, why me? I can't believe you took my baby away. But he literally showed me that he's in a better place, both of my kids, that he's in a better place than I was. And while I was in heaven, he showed me my my child, my beautiful baby boy, actually gave me a stone. It was a white stone. And I'm thinking, like, looking at it, like, what is this stone? This is, like, so odd that's the last thing i remember when when i woke up i told my husband i said babe i just saw our little boy he's about four or five years old in heaven right now and i'm telling him the story he's telling me oh my god babe let me go to the scripture so he goes to revelation uh two i believe where it talks about in back in the day they will give like a stone to an invitation to a wedding so here is God telling me, like, you're invited to the wedding and the supper of the Lamb. And I'm thinking, like, this is was a sacrifice that I had to do, pretty much give up my children that I always wanted. But I know that he's gracious and I know that he's sovereign, that, you know, he's going to redeem that. But yeah. the fact that he healed me even from that from my miscarriages and healed me that it's okay that every child that I aborted, is in heaven and they're dancing with the Lord, you know, and he even gave me that peace within that. After that, you know, my husband, we went through more trials. But, you know, the fact is that my husband loved me through all of it. He continues to wash me with the word. He continues to love me as Christ loves, loves uh, you know, the church. I came across that scripture on how husbands should love their wives. God showed me that any time that I came against, like, if I were to argue or come against the love that my husband was trying to show me, he showed me Jesus and my husband next to each other. And every time I will go against that love, I was pinning, I was pinning Christ back to the cross. Mm. And I kept weeping when I came across that scripture because I said, I love Jesus. You brought joy back into my life. How can I pin you back to the cross? How can I reject the love that my husband's trying to give me? You know, he, when he showed me and convicted me of that, I now then started receiving his love. And I started seeing my worth and I started seeing my value. And I started seeing all the times that God protected me throughout my life. When the car crash, with the whole religions, with the Santeria, like he, he protected me from everything. I could have been dead many times, but he, he protected me. So I started to see, wow, like, Jesus really loves me. God really loves me. God says, he really says who he says he is. He really says, I love you, my daughter. You are mine. I called you by name. You are mine. And I'm sitting here like overwhelmed by his love now. I'm not overwhelmed with the sin anymore. I'm overwhelmed and I'm overjoyed with how much God loves me. And I started to see who truly God was and who truly Jesus was through my husband. Wow. Because every time I pushed him away he came back and he loved me even more hmm. so it was through my husband that i saw who really jesus was and who god is and how much of a good father he is and how much he loves us even six years later being in the lord i'm still going through a process because you know it's not till we go before him 
and we hear those beautiful words, you know, my good and faithful servant, that we are still being washed and cleansed through whatever it is that, you know, we're even going through as believers. Because even if you become a believer, it doesn't stop from you being a target to the enemy. You know, he's going to try to bring back your past. And the Lord is like, listen, I'm trying to show you your future. The enemy wants to show you your past. I want to show you your future. I want to show you his future. You know, he, you know, so it's just so beautiful now that even after six years, the Lord put me even in a pageant just to give me confidence. You know, it was like a Christian small pageant and I got first runner up. I never even thought that I would speak in front of 400 people and share, you know, the the goodness of God. Mm. And he even now has me in front of 120 women, 300 women, sharing my testimony of how good he is and how important it is for the husbands to love their wives and wash their wives with the word. And even if you're like, a single woman who doesn't have a husband, you know, get a ring, any ring, I don't know, a plastic ring or metal ring, and just wed yourself to Jesus. And Jesus is going to show you how he's going to show you he's your husband before he actually brings your husband. You know, so I'm, I sit here now in awe of how far he's brought me just talking to women and encouraging them through the word of God and encouraging them that, Everything that happened to them, like especially sexually abused women or women who've been human trafficked. I spoke in front of women who are human trafficked as well and how Christ can love you. And obviously it's hard for them to believe at that time like it was hard for me. But because God now has given me such peace and grace and the love, right, because we're called to be the light, they always ask me, how are you still here? And I'm like, just like you. Because God loves you and Jesus loves you and he wants to wash you and make you clean and take away all the sins. You know, he died on the cross for us and he paid the ultimate price for us, you know. So I'm just happy to say now that I'm able to share my testimony with all women, whether single or, or married or whether you're abused or if you don't have even a dark past. And if you've been in the Lord and you grew up in the Lord, like... It's just a true testimony of how God's love would just always, the Bible says, love covers a multitude of sins, multitude, you know. So I know that in the word it tells us that there's two greatest commandments, love him and love each other as I loved you. And what does that look like? You know, because sometimes even in the Lord, your brothers and sisters can get on your nerves, but you know, <laughs> we got to love each other. We're called to do that. So I think it's through sharing my testimony is how I could be the light and I could shine love to others. Yeah. Yeah. Alicia, what was your husband's reaction to sharing with him your past and what you have been through? You know, he was um, very loving because when I shared it with the other guy that I was with for a long time, he was so full of hate, you know, and, and mind you, my husband, there will be like kind of like anger rising up in him, but he just showed me love and he told me that God told him that's my special daughter and this is how I want you to love her. So his first reaction was just like, okay, this is a lot of weight I'm taking on, but it was, he said, this is the weight that God wants me to bear. So I have to, you know, mm. take the weight now, but he was, he came in love. He wasn't like, what, what's going on, what, who did what? He literally just loved me through it, and his reaction was love. Wow. Yeah. 
What's your relationship like today with your siblings and with your parents? So I still talk to my brothers and sisters. They don't like the fact that I'm sharing my testimony because in our household, in our whole lives, everything was we need to be quiet. We can't share anything. (laughs) I don't really talk to them that much, but I do pray for them, and I believe that they're going to come to the Lord because I know that there's power in prayer. I speak to my twin sister more than the rest of my brothers and sisters, and uh, we actually baptized her, like, on our 40th birthday. Wow. But, you know, since she's around my other brothers and sisters that are not in the Lord, they kind of brought her back. So, you know, I, I strongly believe that she's the one that's going to come back and then show everybody else. You know, it's just through love that I know that, that they're going to be won over. Yeah. But with my parents, uh, my dad actually, two years, three years ago now, 2020, you know, where everybody was like in inside, where everybody thought they were going to die. <laughs> It's so crazy. I dug deeper into the word. And one day in my prayer, the Holy Spirit said, I need you to call all your brothers and sisters. And the last person you're going to call is your dad. And I'm sitting here like, okay. (laughs) I'm like, all right. I haven't spoken to my dad in like 20 years. So I said, okay. And I called uh, all of them. And everyone that I hung up on was getting me closer to talk to my dad, right? So when I finally talked to my dad, I just had this, like, joy and this overwhelming joy and love. And the Holy Spirit has just said, just say, I forgive you. And as soon as I heard his voice, and I haven't heard it in a long time, he heard mine, and he automatically automatically called my name out. Uh, you know, in the Latin culture, they call you by your middle name, so he called my middle name. And then I'm like, oh, hi, Dad. And I told him, I said, I just want to let you know that I came to the knowing of Jesus and I want to forgive you for everything that you did and that I love you and Mm -hmm. that in the Bible it talks about you returning back to your first love and I know that you grew up in a church and I know that you got to know Jesus in that time and God's calling you back to him. So my dad broke out crying. Mind you, I never heard my dad cry. He's like this really macho man. I've never heard him cry. He says, I'm sorry I did those things to you. I'm sorry I led you to drugs. I'm sorry I led you to alcohol. I'm sorry I led you to a life that you shouldn't have lived. And I'm sitting here, like, listening to this, but I have such peace because I want to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling me, (laughs) you know, but I didn't realize till way later where I was just like, wow, God just healed me from my dad. And, you know, forgiveness is such a powerful thing. Literally, like, I was not expecting that. And I I went from having such fear of my dad and thinking things of my dad, like, my dad's never going to listen to me, he's never going to be happy that I'm sharing this, to me now saying, I forgive you, Hmm. and that I love you, and that Jesus loves you, and he wants you to come back to him. And he's, like, begging me, telling me, call the rest of your sisters, please tell them that you came to the Lord. And I said, I was like, Dad, I can only do my part. But if you come back to Christ, and I read scriptures with him, I prayed with him, and I said, if you come back to Christ, Christ is going to move in your life so much, then then you'll see. You have to do that. I can't do that for you. But that call was just so beautiful. And again, it goes back to the love of the Father and the love of God and how he really restores everything that the enemy stole from you. 
and I'm thinking, well, my dad's not going to listen to me. He probably doesn't want to talk to me. But as soon as I got to him, it was just such a, I had this authority, and it's like the Holy Spirit just filled that room, and the call went really well. And now I have the weight off of me, Mm. where now I forgave my dad. And, you know, he just keeps peeling back the layers of everything of what happened to me in my life. So I'm free from that now. And, you know, if my dad was standing here, I would freely talk to him. I wouldn't be scared of him no more like I was. I would love on him. You know what I mean? Because the Bible tells us, God tells us he wants none of his children to perish. So I pray for my dad daily. And I pray that he comes to the knowing of Jesus and the true love of, of God and true love of a father. So it was beautiful, but my relationship with him now is even uh, far away because I feel like he still holds on to holds on to the shame of what he did. You know, it wasn't just us; it was other kids. My mom used to have a, a daycare, and he also did that to other kids as well. He actually told us to do it to other kids. So my, you know, my dad, I think he holds on to everything that he did. So he really doesn't. He's like when I had shame. He doesn't want to come to facing what happened. But I will sit here and I'll talk to him and pray for him. <laughs> you come know. On. So yeah. Alicia, who is Jesus to you? He is my husband. He brought back joy into my life. Um, when I say he brought back the joy, because I remember before I was five, before that happened to me, I was just a kid that ran around in Guatemala and just laid on the tile floor to cool off because it was so hot and I remember that joy but obviously that joy was taken away from me but he's my joy he's my redeemer my restorer he's my best friend and but mainly he's my husband yes now Alicia for people who have gone through that similar abuse as a child maybe they haven't shared it with anybody and uh, they're living in that shame, or maybe they just don't even want to talk about it. It's just kind of shelved. What's a word of encouragement that you can give to that person that's watching right now? I would just uh, pray out to God. Just say a simple prayer like I did. I literally just said, God, if you're up there, if you're real, show yourself to me, and he will show himself to you, and he will show you how to take away that pain you have that shame that you're carrying he wants to take it off of you you know he says come to those who are heavy laden and heavy burden i will give you rest he wants to give you rest because all those thoughts that you've been fighting with and all that shame that you've had he wants to give you rest from that just say a simple prayer that's all it took for me god doesn't want you to be like oh, I have to be clean and I have to be cleansed and I got to do right before I come to him. No, he wants you to just come to him like a child and just lay it out for him. He wants to just love on you and protect you. So my word of encouragement to you would just to just to pray, call out to him. And then like the Bible says, he'll show you things unknown. And that thing that he showed me that was unknown was love. Because I didn't know about love until I met him. I didn't know how to be loved or feel loved or receive love until I met him. Mm. Alicia, for the people who have done things that your father has done, um, and maybe they're living in that shame and don't know what to do, and they just think about the past and what they have done, 
from a person who has experienced um, that pain, what can you tell that that man, that woman, who maybe has taken advantage of another child? Uh, you know, the Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another so that we shall be healed. One of the things that really got me to be out of my shame and out of my pain is constantly talking about what happened to me, confessing what happened to me. And I know that can be hard because, you know, you're like, confess. What if I confess, then people are going to condemn me. But the Bible says that if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So if you receive him, you receive him in your heart. And I know that may be easier said than done, but it's like I said, if you call out to him and if you just pray, he would truly show you things and he would truly show you how to to love and how to forgive and go to those people because he doesn't want you to carry that shame. He really just wants you to confess so that way he can turn your stony heart into a heart of flesh because he just wants love to flow through it. Mm. And I know that it could be, it's not an easy thing to do what you did. Trust me, I, because of what happened to me, I also did that as a child. I also touched other children because I was four, so I had that weight on me. But once I started confessing it and I started sharing it, even if you just share it to God or even if you share it to a person that you trust, you know, but I would mainly share it to the Lord. I would share it to God, just say a small prayer and confess it because God says he wants us to confess it. And once you confess it, you'll see how that weight will come off of you and how much you'll free you feel versus shame. Mm. So, yeah. Alicia, any last words for people who are watching your testimony right now? Yes. Uh, to the women who are married and who have a husband that seeks the Lord every day, you know, the Bible tells us as wives, to, to wives submit to your husbands in reverence to the Lord. You know, just submit. And uh, he also tells us that we should have a meek, gentle spirit about us. So, when you dig deeper into the word and find out who God calls you to be as a woman, he's going to show you how to submit. Or even to those women that the husbands are not really seeking the Lord. Again, First Peter 3 tells us that meek, gentle spirit will win your husband, may win your husbands over. Hmm. Or even to the single women, which is really important for me because I was a single person for a long time without the Lord. Just get any ring uh rubber ring, get it on Amazon, and just wed yourself to Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that he wants us to just be, you know, he's our husband, he's our main husband. And then just find true love in him and trust in him. And those women who've been abused like myself, just know that all it takes is just a small prayer and just a little bit of your heart. The Bible says he's just a faith as small as a mustard seed. That's all he wants from us. It's just faith in our hearts. So, just to give you that words of encouragement, just reach out to him. Like I keep saying, telling you, the the scripture that keeps studying out, it says, call out to me and I'll show you things unknown. And he will show you that love that you've been missing or that um, anything that you feel like you've been missing in your life, he will give it to you and he will fulfill it. Amen. So, yeah. Alicia, could you please pray for the people who are watching on the other side of the screen and are receiving what you're saying right now or maybe are identifying with some of the same things that you've experienced in your life? Yes, of course. Uh, 
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Father God. We thank you that you are the creator. We thank you that you uh, just created the person that's on the other side of the screen, Lord Father God. But the word says that you've counted and you know how many hairs we have on top of our heads, Lord Father God. You said that you fearfully and wonderfully made us, Lord Father God. You said great out your work. So we thank you, Father, for creating us, Lord Father God. We thank you that you gave us life. Father, I know that the person is that's on the other side of the screen is going through shame or going through uh, depression or anxiety or fear or of not wanting to confess of what they did or, or anything that, that they feel like, well, God is not going to receive me because I did this. Lord Father God, I pray and I encourage that they confess their sins so that it could be healed, so that their heart will be open, so you can flow through it, Lord Father God. I pray that the words that the Holy Spirit wanted me to say today, I pray that it touches their heart, Lord Father God, and I pray that it is love, not anger or not fear, Father Lord God. But I mostly thank you that whoever is watching this, Lord Father God, is that you created them and that you created them for a purpose. You created them for a reason, for such a time as this, Lord Father God, to hear this testimony, my testimony, your story, Lord Father God. So I thank you. I thank you to those who who are creating their testimony right now, Lord Father God, and, and when they come to the knowing of who you are, that they're just going to shout out and, and just in love of who you are and in awe of who you are, Father. But I pray for that person that it just takes a small prayer to call out to you, Lord. Just call out to the name of Jesus, and he will show up in your room or wherever you are. But I thank you mostly that you created them and that you love them, and all you want to do is just love them. That is, and in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. What a testimony. My goodness. Oh, what a testimony. And I could just, uh, you know, feel her being in pain like that. A child got to go through that. And with your biological father. Isn't that something? But God. Hallelujah. He's bigger than anything we can go through. As she said it, you confess it. Either you confess it to God or you confess it to someone you trust. But she recommended the most to confess it unto Almighty God. And she said, you'll feel better and the weight will come off. Being as you allow God to lead and guide you, you may be able to come out with your testimony because it's going to help somebody else who has gone through what you've gone through. They, they'll know, well, if he did that for her, I believe, God, you can do it for me. And they will be set free. If you remember, I said I wanted to read Luke. 21 and 36 this morning and my reason for reading this is because I really and truly want us to remember these things because it's great things bigger than we could ever imagine that's coming our way because the enemy come to kill to steal and to destroy but we need faith and trust in almighty God who made the heavens and the earth yeah, and he's telling us about these things because of what's coming our way. 
We may not be able to have a lot of food like we're accustomed to. We may not even be able to have cars uh, or gas to put in the car. We may get sick and not be able to go to the doctor. There are a number of things may be coming our way. But I learned this from junior high school. And you've heard me say it before if you're old timer. I went to Eugene J. Butler Junior High School. And they taught me this. Perfect practice makes perfect. Not practice makes perfect. But perfect practice makes perfect. Now that's what they taught me. And that's been ever since the 70s. And we in 2023. That You know, I learned that. I didn't memorize it because I would have forgotten it, but I learned. And when you learn something, you won't ever forget it. So look, with the things that's coming our way, and I talked this morning about God being bigger than any battle we could have. And I talked about we got to go to God for everything. And whatever we want, we got to have faith and trust him to get it. So listen, this is what he's telling us this morning again. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Listen, at 37, and in the daytime, he was teaching in the temple, and at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple for to hear him. Now, this was Jesus. And these are the words of Jesus. This is what he's teaching us. And if you stay in that chapter 21, read that whole chapter and remember verse 36. All these things that's coming, we're going to escape them. They're not coming for us. Yeah, listen. And he looked up and saw the rich man casting their gifts into the treasury. So for me, that's like they put money in the bank. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in two mites. Let's say that's just two pennies. And he said of a truth, I say unto you, this poor widow has cast in more than they are. For all these have their abundance cast in unto the offering. Well, they was putting money into the offering. But I saw it as putting money into the bank. Because when you give, you about to uh, get an interest. You about to give a return. But anyway, they was putting it into the offering of God. But she of her penury has cast in all the living that she has. That's all the money she had, let's say the two pennies. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her penry has cast in all the living that she had. And as some spoke, some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said. This Jesus speaking now in verse 6. As for these things which ye behold, the days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, that's what he said. I didn't say it, but I do believe it. And they asked him, saying, Master, 
But when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? See, they want to know when all this stuff about to happen, when, when will that be? Yeah. And he said, this is what Jesus said. Take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. And the time draws near. Go ye not therefore after them. We done saw some of that. We done saw some people say they was Jesus. They done come and uh, they, they, nothing happened. On this date, the world going to end. Nothing happened. We can't believe this foolishness and run after foolish things. Verse 9 says, but when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. For these things must come, must first come to pass. But the end is not by and by. It's not the end. You will hear wars, rumors of wars. You will hear of all these commotions and fights and riots, a whole bunch of craziness. Things going to go up sky high. Oh, it's just foolish. Verse 10 says, Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. A great earthquake shall be in divers places, and famines and pestilence and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogue and into the prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my sake, my name's sake. And they shall turn to you for a testimony. It'll be a testimony unto us. 14 says, settle it therefore in your heart. Not to meditate before what ye shall answer. Well, all this, don't, 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 don't take no thought. If they put you in jail, don't take no thought to what you're going to say. When it's time, God will give you what to say. 15 says, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist. Hallelujah. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolks and friends. And some of you shall they call to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not and hair of your head perish. And your patience possess, I mean possess ye your souls. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with honors, then know that the desolation thereof is not. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear 
and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the power of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is now, now at hand, not at hand. So likewise ye, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is now at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unaware. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Hallelujah. That's verse 1 through 36 of Luke chapter 21. Yeah, we need to keep this in mind. Because these things are coming. They are coming. Oh, good morning, Brother Perry. God bless you this morning, sir. Yeah, all these things come in the past, but listen. He said we will escape it. If we take heed, watch as well as pray. Do the things which are right so we can stand before God. We can stand before Jesus. Not only that, you got to have a prayer life and a Bible study life to get there. Because in 2023, many things come into pass that you never saw before. Right now, they're talking about a government shutdown of this or that, the other. Right now, we have a president. If we, When I look, it appears he don't love Americans. He loves some other place. And it's like a sabotage has come to America. But if we watch therefore and pray, and if we watch Luke 21 and stay in there and see what's happening, right now what's happening, then we'll know. He said wars, rumors of wars, uh, all kind of commotions, and we see that right now. In a day he can part the sky. Any day. And we want to be ready when he called our name. Because we want to come back with him to judge the world. Yeah, we do. Because we did what his word said do. We held accountable to his word. We didn't forget what his word said. Because see, in this life, we can get caught up into some things. He even said it in Luke 21. We can get caught up into some stuff. When I look at this young lady and her testimony, God brought her out and brought her out in a way where she could forgive and get her life right with him. Because we got to forgive. We got to love. For God is love. And if we don't forgive, I don't care what it is. You think you can hold on to it and not forgive. 
God cannot forgive you. That's his word. I don't know too many people haven't been done wrong. There are a lot of people who are adults now in their childhood, they were done wrong, molested, abused, all kind of stuff. But God, he's bigger than any battle you'll ever fight. He's bigger than any situation you'll ever go through. But we got to go to him. Now unto him that's able. He'll keep us and keep us blameless before his throne because we've done all we could to do what his word said do. I often think about Apostle Paul said he was going to show me a mystery that we all would be changed in the twinkling of an eye. You know how fast that is? See, where we are now, these bodies that we in now, we won't be like this. And we won't think like we think. Because we changed. But in this life, in this body, we got to strive for perfection in Jesus. In God, we got to keep doing what's right. Forgiving, loving, giving. Keeping our mind on him. Remembering what his words say. Studying his words. Talking to him. That's that prayer life. And we're not always talking about materialistic stuff in this life, natural things, tangible things. We're talking about spiritual things. He's a spiritual God. Why would he recognize and accept spiritual things? Yes, he will. But we must walk in the spirit that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. But we get caught up into the world. We get caught up into work. We get caught up into business. We get caught up into what they say. They say. I'm going to get caught up into what his word says. That way I can stand. And after standing, I can stand some more. How you keep standing, Barbara? Because I'm standing on that solid foundation. I'm standing on the word of God. He's bigger than any battle you could ever fight. Any battle you could ever go through. Your trials come to make you strong today. And we must learn to love the truth. She talked about it in her testimony, how people are ashamed. Some are ashamed of what they've done, but some are ashamed to let people know I'm going through. I don't have no money. I've seen people drive a luxury car, live in the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy, come out the door looking like million-dollar babies. Don't have two pennies to rub together. I want you to hear me. All they have is tied up into that car and that house. Furnishing the house. Husband against wife. Wife is against husband for money. For money. Because you're loving it. And the scripture says we love it. It's the root of all evil. There's nothing too evil for us to do to get money. How am I going to be against my husband for some paper? For some change? He would be more to me than that. If he lost his job and I can get a job, that's what's happening. What he come doing, he can no longer do it. I got to accept what God allowed and continue to pray for my husband. But if I'm praying for him, the true prayer of faith, and it's not a trial, he's going to stay afloat. But if God is allowing us to go through a trial and he don't have an income, and our savings has dwindled down to you may as well say nothing. I'm still looking to God to eat. 
I'm still looking to, to God to pay my house note, pay the car note, pay the insurance, and whatever else I got, phone bill, whatever else I got going on. Because I know he's able and I believe he's willing. Anytime I went out in that garage and I talked to God about that car payment, he moved. Until he built me a budget for the truck. I'm telling you, I would go out there and talk to him like I talked to my best friend. I, 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 I just went out there and said, Father, um, would you give me the money, the truck payment? Because these people, they're going to be looking for their payment. And I want to pay him. Lord, give me the, the truck payment. It's going on two months. I, 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 by the time two months come, they're going to be harassing me. I just told him. Next thing I know, he used somebody to send me the truck money. Until it got to the place, and it wasn't there alone, where he gave me a budget just to pay the truck note. Because that was my biggest concern. Everything else was covered. <laughs> Oh, look at here. I'm getting some things that I didn't know I could get today. Things I wanted. He opening doors and making a way. Why? Faith, trust, obedience. Being a blessing to somebody. Giving, 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 giving. When you give, that move God. I'm telling you the truth. I know y'all don't understand that. And maybe y'all think I'm telling you give and do it so you can give to me. Give to somebody else. But give. And watch he open doors for you. Yeah, stop thinking about you and yours. That's all some people do, me and mine. Some people, they do stuff to impress others. But then guess what? Bam, here come the downfall. Here come the dry up. You don't have what you used to have, so you can't impress no more. What happens then? Give so that God will give to you and you'll have something to continue to give. Yeah, compliments of Mike Murdoch. I had to learn that. Four o'clock one morning, God woke me up to look. And when I looked, Mike was there teaching some things. Because I used to then fool with Mike Murdoch. I said, oh, no, 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 money, money, money. God, oh, no, God ain't just money. But I didn't take the time to hear, to listen. After God used him to teach me, I understood. Because some things I ate. Hey, if I don't think it's God, I'm passing. Oh, no, I'm not going to waste no time with this. Huh? I don't believe it's God. That don't sound like him. I'm not going to waste no time. But if it be for you, he's going to bring it back to you. And he'll bring it in a way where you can accept it. He brought it back to me. And when I heard the truth of Mike Murdoch, what he said, and then he wrote a book. And I got the book, and I tried to read the book and all that. God said, give, okay? Uh, just give. And trust me. I just gave and trust God. Yeah. I made a, 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 a I planted a seed by faith of a $1,000. I ain't have no $1,000. But I told the Lord I'd give $100 a month to that seed. That's been a few years ago. I made another, planted another seed for 5000 I didn't tell them that I placed it in my heart. I started giving. When I, I was given $100. When I looked up, I had 200 And when I gave the 200 that thing tripled. 
Not only did God heal my body when I put in for healing, he healed my body. When I planted my seed and told my seed I want money, money came. Whatever I told my seed I wanted it to do and I planted it, that's what it did. And that's what it will do for you. No joke, no joke. I don't have no reason to lie to you. Plant your seed and tell your seed what you want it to do. And if you can, forget you even planted the seed. When you give to God, forget you gave it. He will surprise you. <laughs> oh, we, he will make a way for you. I don't care what you're talking about. God is bigger than anything you could ever imagine. Sometimes I can see myself out there on the farm sitting in a chair with the umbrella, drinking me some lemonade, looking around. And they said, Barbara, we uh, set you a, a plot of beans on here just for you to pick. Yeah, you, matter of fact, take your chair on over there. You can sit in your chair and uh, the umbrella's attached to the chair. Go ahead on over there and pick your beans because everybody got to work. You see? This is my vision. This is my dream to have one day. Somebody said you're getting older and older, but I look at Abraham and Sarah. If he can do it for them, why can't he do it for me? I tell my children, I'm talking at the farm. When we are, when Barbara, some, no, ain't nobody died. Ain't nobody going nowhere until God get through with the plan. I say, I went out in the garage and I talked to him about the truck payment. He delivered the truck payment, I said, until he made a budget for it. So we going on in Jesus until he bring forth the thing for everybody that I want. Because there's going to come a time when folk going to leave New York. Listen to me. There going to come a time when folks leave Boston. Other places, because it's dried up. Can't afford rent there no more. Government used to give you money twice a month no longer. You used to could depend on this, that, and the other. It's not there for them. They gone. But you, wherever you may be, he going to take care of you. Wherever you are, look here. People be moving all around you and you still standing in your door looking at a movie. For greater is he that lives within you than he that is in the world. It's time to prepare. If you can get water, if you can get non-perishable items and food and, and, and medicine and over-the-counter stuff, get it. Get it. That's why I want them pallets. I want the pallets and stuff so when you don't have, I can give to you. Yeah. When the saints of God don't have, the believer don't have, I can be to the rescue. God will use me. Yeah. He said, be especially good to the members of the household of faith. Now, that's what he said. That's not what I said. So if you're a believer, then I got to take care of you before I take care of people in the world. Now, that's the scripture. That's not Bible. Because I love everybody. I got worldly friends. If you look on my Facebook page, sometimes I, I be like, oh, my goodness. Would they stop acting crazy on here and showing people who I know? And I don't say nothing to them. I just delete their stuff. 
See, because they think the believer don't love them. You got to be careful. You catch more flies with honey than you would vinegar. Yeah. Look at this. I had a dream about President Obama. <laughs> it was weird. My dad was living in an old neighborhood, young lady that I knew. I kept seeing her walk up and down the street. I had saw her family. Some of these people dead and gone, y'all. And when I went in the house, I went in the kitchen and I was going to cook. And I was trying to get the pans and the pots together and it was a wooden stove and get the wooden stove to work. And my dad come in and he said, hey, uh, Barack Obama here. And when I looked, he was in the kitchen. And they had gone to the grocery store, my brother, my dad, and someone else, and they had bought a bunch of stuff. And they asked him to come out there and help them get it out the car into the house. And then somebody else brought some stuff, and they asked, he said, they keep asking me to go out here and get this stuff. That's not why I stopped by. I didn't stop by for this. But he showed me something else, too. He went to many churches, but that's not what he went for. He didn't, went to, he didn't go to get the praise on he went to get votes and things. You understand? And I was like, wow, this is the weirdest dream. Just weird. Because I've been thinking about something for women. I've been thinking about this thing, and I'm going to pray about it. And if God says the same, I'm going to put it together. Plenty laughter, plenty good times, plenty questions, plenty answers. Yeah. But we back to this. Watch as well as pray. Do what the word says. Do what Luke 21 says. And we're going to escape these things that's coming. The commotion, the famine, the war. We will, I don't care what comes. It won't affect us. No calamity will come now our dwelling. I believe that to the core. Because I know God is real. I know he's a truthful God. He won't lie. And before he allow anything to slip up on us, he will warn us to prepare. Hallelujah. For what's coming our way. Yeah, this ain't for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful unto him. Grateful, grateful, grateful. Be right back, Brother Lewis. Because I'm looking at this. And these things write me unto you. Matter of fact, I, I want to go over there and look right quick to y'all. Everything is going down but the word of God, and we must be prepared. Yeah. When I looked over at John, 1 John chapter 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested through us. This is the men teaching. These are the men God used to teach us. So he's telling us some stuff we need to be aware of. 
For the light was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. That's what I'm doing. I'm telling you what I've seen and what I heard. That ye, ye also may be fellowship, have fellowship with us. We have fellowship with one another because we believe in the same thing. And truly your fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Now that's the true fellowship. is with God and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. That that I told you in Luke 21 and 36, in Luke 21 period, the whole chapter, that's so that your joy might be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, L-I-G-H-T, and in him is no darkness at all. So when I run across some people with some foolishness and I don't see God in it, I got to run. I got to put on my track shoes and take off. Because if God is not in it, I don't want none of it. And they come to trick. They come to kill, steal, and destroy. But we got to go to God and, and tell him what he said. And all my getting, I need to get an understanding. And I'm coming to you for understanding of your word. And Father, I need you to teach me how to apply it to my everyday life. I need Luke 21 in my life, and I don't ever want to forget it. Because I want to escape all this stuff that's coming. But in the meantime, while you're teaching me, help me to teach others. Help me to talk of your wondrous works and make known your deeds among the people. Beautiful testimony how God brought her out. Not what she went through, but beautifully how he brought her out, gave her a husband that loved her. She was able to go back to the dad and and tell him she forgave him and she loved him. The scriptures say the prophet is not honored. I was thinking on that last night. Honored in his own country or in his own home. Because I was thinking, I said, now, you know, all I do in Jacksonville and, and, and in my family to be a blessing, nobody come to Jesus in the morning. What is going on? You're not honored. They remember when. Yeah, that's how people are. They remember when. Before they go to God to seek, to say, Lord, is, is, is she really serious in you? Have you really saved her? But when you saw me, you knew I was about that dollar bill. You know I was about that money. When you didn't see me chasing money no more, that should have told you something. But uh-uh, I remember when. When you didn't see me getting the dope girls and boys together, and and we're not in communication, somebody say, hey, you seen Bob? Now, Bob, I don't know where Bob at. She's somewhere in the city, but I don't think she used to do what she used to do. I don't think she's doing that no more. But that don't tell you nothing. But the scripture said it. I didn't say it. The prophet is not honored in his own country. The preacher, the prophet, the evangelist, the bishop, nobody that's in God is honored. Especially if you're telling the truth. Because people rather believe a lie than the truth. They rather dress up 
and go up in this building with all these other people who got impressing others on their mind than to go somewhere and get what they really need. To get what you really need, you don't have to dress up. I go to church and dress down, I tell you all the time. I don't put some clean clothes on. Have a bath, you know, showering thing, hair comb. Yeah, but I'm not going to wear no, uh, uh, all of that they wear. The hat don't have, uh-uh, uh, uh, I, I won't be able to do it. And it'll be all right. Thank you, Brother Lord. King James Version. Amos 3 and 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Now that's what the word said. Amos 3 and 7. The King James Version. That's what I believe in, Lewis. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. They come to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But when it comes to the word, people like to fix it to suit them. But that's not how we're going to escape this thing that he talked about in Luke 21. We, we can't escape that. And he sent us to bring the word that your joy might be full. That no matter what happened at your household, you can skip, jump, shout, run, tell him thank you, praise him, fall down and worship him. Because he got you. You can cast your cares upon him today, for he careth for you. Come unto me, all that are burdened and heavy laden. I will give you rest. He'll take the burden from you, because he'll bear it. But you got to go to him. <laughs> Your supervisor on the job, they can't take care of that. Only God can. They say they're riding you up, they're giving you the boot, they're giving you the pink slip. He can't change that. It comes from higher places. But when you go to God, God is higher than the place that, that's higher than the supervisor. And you got to know you got the devil's boss man. And when you go to the devil boss man, he'll fire him every time. I don't mean he ain't coming back, trying to get his job back. But he'll fire him again to let him know, I'm not playing. Don't come back here. Now, he might come in another way. But every time you resist him, he got to flee. Again, it don't mean he's not coming back. But every time he come back, you resist him, he got to flee. And sometimes we have to resist the devil many times. And he got to go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, we have 33 minutes and the studio is open. If there's anyone have something they would like to say this morning, please feel free to press that number one and come here. Brother, after they called me yesterday, and I had me laughing, and I know I had him laughing. And uh, we did that in a long time. He called me in a while, and we just laugh and, you know, talk. And uh, he said he really enjoyed Saturday over at the auction. He said that tickled him so good, and uh, he had a wonderful time. Listen, I am going to seek today YouTube. And I want to get in touch with Robin Lynn Maiden and see if she can help me. I have a YouTube channel, but I can't put music on I think if I do, I got to say I don't have the rights to the music or something, but I'm going to research that today. And we may have to go to YouTube, y'all, because every time I turn around, blog talk having problems. And that's not what I want to be known for the problem uh, blog talk radio person. Every time she come on, she can't, we can't hear, she can't hear. Oh, uh-uh. 
but I believe if I go to YouTube, I can work it out. Now, I could do blog talk at the same time I do YouTube. And when YouTube grow, I can just, and I make sure everybody's over there, I can just delete and go on or just leave blog talk. Because I'm paying $100 a month for problems. Then bought two new computers. And today I got to really see it wasn't a computer, it wasn't me, it's blog talk. So, yeah, and it would be all right. And it's not like it used to be. When I first started off and I would say something about the problem, the, the, the blog talk people would come to blog talk. They would come to the uh, uh, to the chat room. So I would stay to hear what I had to say, but I don't know if it changed or what, because I, I, I don't remember all the names. But somebody named Matlin over there. And then another thing, they're not as friendly as they used to be. Oh, they used to be so friendly. I love blog talk. And they used to bless me when I didn't have the money to pay. They would give me at least a week. Now they don't want to give you nothing. They don't talk. So we praying. We praying. And if it be for me to stay, God will leave me here and I'll have the YouTube. But if not, then God will move me on and I'll do YouTube. Yeah. So I'm going to check it out today, Brother Louis and, and, and Brother Perry and uh, Sister Irene and Minister Sean and Sister uh, Rita and Sister Jerry and Sion uh, uh, and Dot and Pastor David and everybody. I'm going over there and check it out. Hallelujah. And it would be all right. Listen, over on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, we have the prayer club. And if you get a chance and you can pray, go through the prayer club and pray. We praying for every member. Sometimes we get other prayer requests. We got uh, Pastor Boatwright, you know, and we prayed for her. And so different things go on. I have a, a new spiritual son. I'd love for y'all to keep him in prayer. But y'all go through prayer. We even have a chat room over there. Prayer club, Jesus in the morning, prayer. Come through there. Sister Irene, Sister Dot, they always over there pop, 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 popping it out. But Terry, <laughs> Terry don't do no prayer, but Terry come through there and say amen. <laughs> I love Terry. Yeah, he say amen or he may say something. God bless everybody day. Yeah, I like all that kind of stuff. I say, look at Terry. And he be on every scene. He going to say something about what you post over there. And that's a beautiful thing. Uh, um, what the other brother named? Wait a minute, sister. God, I got to look for the other brother because he follow us too. And uh, he posts every day on Facebook godly things. Yeah, that foolishness, he's not with that nonsense. <clears throat> and I've talked to him before, and he was truthful with me. So, you know, go through that and uh, become a part of the prayer group, and we praying over there. And people from up north and everywhere come through there. My cousin Evelyn, she used to be a nurse. She come through there. Amen. Good morning. Yeah, even on uh, Jesus in the Morning Prayer Club page, she'll come through there. So we have plenty of people coming through. And over on Jesus in the Morning, we reached over 500 people last week. And I used to have another one uh, about when parents lose a child. We had well over 600 people over there. But I had to move on away from that. Once my daughter passed away, 
it was time for me to go on. He used that to prepare me. Yeah, and I was prepared. So once it was over with, he moved me on from that. But we got the prayer club. Um, we got Jesus in the morning over there. We have the prayer request club. Yeah. Uh, big, beautiful Christian women. We still have that going on. We have you, capital Y, the big Y, the big O, and the big U. We have encouragement, power. So we go over and we do different things in that. Sister Irene, Sister uh, Dot, they keep things going for me. And I really, really, really appreciate that because I couldn't do it all by myself. Yeah. This weekend, I, I was going through it because uh, I have to, you know, basically do everything. Brother Ernest Pops Collin Jr. Yeah, he comes through there and he say amen. He posts wonderful things on Facebook every day. No foolishness, none of his personal business, none of that. It's godly stuff. And uh, we love these kind of people who post to the world godly things. Because sometimes even the believer need to be reminded. Yeah, even the believer need to be reminded. So when we post certain things over there, it's good. Now, you over there posting about yourself and you're looking crazy. Don't even know you're looking crazy. And you over there posting about yourself and you say you're a Christian. Something wrong with that. We posting on Facebook for the Lord because we know the enemy lives over at Facebook. He's always trying to destroy somebody over there. And I try to post what's good. No foolishness, no nonsense. Yeah. What's going to help somebody. That's what I try to post on Facebook. Yeah. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. But a lot of us, we don't even be on Facebook often. Yeah. Because we got other things to do. You can't sit up just playing with Facebook like many in the world does, you know. But listen, let's pray. We go on our last song of the morning. And if you have something you would like to say, we have time. Press that one, number one and come in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you today for all that has been said and done. We thank you for your word. For your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, it's a light unto our path. And forever, O oh God, the word is settled in heaven. Sanctify us today through that truth, for that word is true. And Father, we ask this morning that whatever was said today, everybody got what they needed to hear to encourage them, to remind them, to continue in you. Father, we ask this morning, that you would teach us the more how to apply your word to our everyday life. And Lord, we're human and humans forget. But remind us, continue to remind us, dear Lord. We need you today. Without you, we can do nothing. We want to walk up right before you. And we don't want to do it in us. But Father, we want your spirit to lead and guide us. Give us an ear to hear when your spirit is speaking to us. Give us an eye to see where your spirit is leading us. Help us to walk in your spirit that we don't fulfill the lust of our, of our flesh. God, we want to come back with you to rule the world. We want to go back with you when you come. Heaven is a special place and any and every old thing don't go on there. And God, we want to be the church, each of us, 
that you're coming back looking for in these last days in the name of Jesus. Bless believers and the saints of God, the people of God everywhere this morning. God moved for them in a mighty way. Bless those coming through the archives and the podcast. And Lord, even those just coming in here, just coming to see something, they're not coming to receive from you. But they're coming because their flesh is sending them. Father, we ask that you would save them, sanctify them, fill them with your spirit. And God, let them come out being great advocates unto you in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you this morning for all you've done, what you're doing right now, Father, and what you're going to do. Great and mighty things for your people. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We can't say thank you enough. And Father, bless our going out today as we depart. Bless our coming in. Continue to meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you. We can't say thank you enough. We appreciate you today. We love you. And Father, we bow down unto you. Woo, we thank you right now. Hallelujah. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves that you're forgiven. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you this day. In the name of Jesus. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. We pray that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, <clears throat> 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hallelujah. And so we're grateful, <coughs> excuse me, unto him. This is our last song of the morning, and after this song, I won't be coming back. Again, have a blessed day, uncommon blessed day. But Perry, it is so good to see you, to see that G. West Perry. I am happy to see you. I wanted to email, and I said, no, he's probably working. I'm not going to bother. But I thank God for seeing you today. It is indeed a pleasure, sir. And God bless you this morning. Later, Tater Louie, God bless you and Sherry over there. Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Call in. Call in, Brother Perry. Yeah, call in. Feel free. Feel free. If you want to call in now, we got 21 minutes. All right, all right. God bless you, sir. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. All right, we're going to that last one of the morning. I love this song.